Welcome to this new episode of Cisco CX EMR Unplugged. It's Earth Day, and already since 1970, April 22nd, is called Earth Day to raise awareness of the necessity to act to safeguard our environment and to drive sustainability for our planet's future. On Earth Day, we also recognize positive actions. At the same time, we realize that a lot more is needed. I'm Kun Bastians, and the theme of today's podcast is, as you could guess, of course, sustainability, a topic that is very close to my heart. I'm joined today by two Cisco friends who share my passion, Josh Halley and Sharon Hatego, with whom I will have a dialogue on a few examples of different actions that Cisco and Cisco's employees are taking aligned with our focus on sustainability. Josh, thanks for joining. A very warm welcome. And we know each other for many years. Just introduce yourself to our public. Thanks for having me on, Kuhn. So my name is Josh Halley. I'm a senior solution architect working for Cisco's professional services, working on large and transformational deals across EMEAR. Thanks, Josh. Sharon, also thanks for joining us for today's podcast. I'm really happy to have you here talking about a fantastic initiative. Thank you, Kuhn. Uh, my name is Sharon Hatego. I'm a services manager here at Cisco, working within the service provider organization in EMEA. I'm equally passionate about this topic, like you. And uh, this financial year, I've had the privilege of being part of a team that's driving innovation and sustainability within the service provider organization in CX EMEA. Thank you, Sharon. Cisco's purpose is to power inclusive future for all. An inclusive future starts with a livable planet where people and the environment can thrive. That is also why we expanded Earth Day in Cisco to the entire April month. And this is to highlight Cisco's and our employees' investment in sustainability efforts. At Cisco, we aim to be net zero across all scopes of emission by 2040, including our products, operations, supply chain, and we're well on track to reach that one and to reach global scope one and scope two emissions by 2025. For instance, we've met already our 2020 goals to have 85% of our global electricity from renewable sources. And in fact, the country where I'm based in Belgium, we already achieved 100% renewable energy. Same as US, Denmark, France, and a number of other countries. This podcast is not only what we do ourselves, but also how we help our customers to achieve their sustainability goals. Most of our customers have built an ambitious uh, sustainability plan. Uh, both in terms of circle economy, but as well as energy savings. And this is where we can help them and we help them every day. For instance, our service business is working with green energy companies on specific IT solutions to allow them in a very flexible and rapid way to expand, but also to effectively manage distributed production, which in the current environment is a crucial one. We're also working with customers on infrastructure solutions that reduce their energy consumptions. And this is exactly where I think, Josh, you have a great example of such a solution. Tell us a bit more about that one. Thanks a lot, Kuhn. So the solution that I've been working on within Cisco has come about as a result of consultancy with many of our important customers around EMEAR. There's been a, a general ask from our customers and, and goals of our customers to head towards a, a greener solution, a greener capability within their organization and a reduction of their overall power usage and, and footprint where possible. And as a result of some back and forth and discussions within Cisco and, and the teams, 
we've come about bringing a solution to life that reduces the the overall power over ethernet usage of some of our key components which exist in many many of our our customer deployments around the globe so many of our customers utilize wireless wi-fi um, in their networks today and their deployments consist of if we look on a global scale under circumstance, tens of thousands of, of access points, which are all drawing power. Now, the, the challenge that we have with, with this is regardless of the time of day that, that you walk into an office or walk into an area where an egg piece turned on, it is drawing power. Now, I guess you can analogize this with the context of would you leave your house during the middle of the day with all the lights on? I think the, the answer is clear, you wouldn't. You won't want to go ahead and waste all that electricity or power. And it's the same challenge which many of our customers have been confronting on, on a regular basis through having their APs powered on during the day, during the night, during times that the, the offices or their infrastructure is maybe not in use. So the solution that, that we're spearheading here is looking into how we can reduce unnecessary power wastage on infrastructure components, in, in this case, um, access points during times that they may not necessarily be used, but at the same time, ensuring that if there's an immediate need to use those devices, that they can automatically provide full functionality and capability to the, the users, the devices, or the individuals in that respective area. And, and the more we go to a digitized world with sensors, wireless, internet, and so on, of course, the more that is important. But I, st I still have a question. Let's assume now, as an employee, I have to come to the office for urgent week of work over the weekend. So does it mean I cannot work anymore over the weekend? So, so this isn't a problem at all. So the, the way that our solution has been developed, it, it's very, very similar to the the architectures or, or the setup that you, you'd be familiar with from a, a car park in a garage. During the, the evening, late at night, you walk into a garage and typically the floor of the garage is unlit, but there's motion sensors that detect that you're actually there and all of a sudden the lights power on and then you can see your vehicle, you can see everyone else's vehicle who's parked there late at night and there's no problem actually getting to your vehicle and seeing everything. We've taken a similar approach in the context of our wireless access points that although we have particular times of day where those devices may be in, in a hibernation state where they're using less power, as soon as a user associates or tries to connect up to the wireless access point, then the full capabilities and, and functionality that requires more power on that device become available while still maintaining a reduction of power on the devices which are not in use. Uh, quite interesting. So it's fully dynamic uh, and adaptable to the situation. So, but what are the, the benefits to our customers? And can you give me some examples of how much savings, energy savings companies can achieve with that? So if we just look at a ballpark example, ballpark figures here, normally if we're looking at a standard access point today, um, we're drawing on average about 30 watts per access point. That's when we're considering power over Ethernet plus being the standard that those APs are being connected into. Now, we have those APs plugged in in all sorts of different environments, as mentioned before. Now, I guess the most extreme example 
which, which I'm familiar with, is stadium deployments. You've got stadiums with up to a thousand access points deployed at any one time, but there's only a game in those stadiums every two weeks. That means for all of that other time, the APs are, are potentially sitting, I wouldn't say idle, but not as heavily used. There's obviously back office activities happening within the stadiums, but the seating area where you typically have all your fans and guests, those sorts of areas are typically not not being filled up when there's no games. So there's potential for substantial reductions of, of power in these sorts of deployments. So you're looking at a model where really in, in such an environment, the, the time to power go, go full power would only be once every couple of weeks where you're really going ahead and, and powering on all of your radios and requiring that power utilization in, in contrast to maybe some other environments like an enterprise environment, an office where you have a more fixed routine where people come in around eight in the morning, nine in the morning, leave at five or six at night, where your routine around the power savings would be more catered towards outside of the nine, nine to five. Nine to five, you're going to have your users connecting up more heavily during the, the office hours. And then outside of hours, it's maybe you've got some, some people that are working a little bit later. Um, and, and of course, they can still work. But the, the way our functionality, which we've, which we've introduced, actually works is it will not chop off those users connecting up to the network. It will simply power down the capabilities on the access points which are not being used, meaning that those one or two employees that are still sitting on the floor, they'll still be serviced, but they all the other APs which are not potentially being used at that time will be able to achieve cost savings and, and reductions of power. So definitely a, a fantastic capability. So, so let's go slightly deeper. How can customers achieve the highest uh, reduction in energy consumption with this solution? So, so I think identifying the sweet spot is, is sometimes the biggest challenge. And if you're looking in, you know, a, a standard nine to five where everything is fixed and easy in one country, maybe it's, it's pretty simplistic and straightforward to work out. These are the hours of operation and hours of use. And these are the times that we want to go ahead and actually reduce our, our power. But if we start looking at a global basis, we have complexities such as differential public holidays. If we look in, in the Middle East, for instance, we've got some regions where the weekend is taking place on Friday and Saturday instead of um, Saturday and Sunday, like it is in, in, in some other places in the world. And then other countries, even within the Middle East, where there's two and a half day weekends. So look, taking all of this into account, if you really want to get the most yield or, or, or reduction of power, one needs to start evaluating and looking into what the different regional specifics are to ensure that we really are reducing everywhere we can to, to simply what's required and at the times where it's required to ensure that we get the biggest return. Yeah, and... and Building on that one, because of course we want to measure the impact of our efforts. That's creating a positive feedback and of course it contributes to measuring our plans. So how can customers track their savings that they achieve with these kind of solutions? So we have various ways to verify the usage of power and consumption of power over Ethernet. And this is essentially the power which we are drawing from the Ethernet cables for the access points. We have DNA Center, which is an intent-based networking platform from Cisco, which provides a dashboard of power over Ethernet usage. And, and this 
system provides a means for network administrators and operators to get visibility about their power over Ethernet installed base and how much power is in use. So this is a fantastic way for the user to be able to actually see what's going on with their network in the context of power over Ethernet and power over Ethernet usage. And there's obviously some, some um, more capabilities within on, on the platform specifics side of things, looking deeper into each different platform, how much they're using. So th there's capabilities there within our platforms and portfolios to, to achieve and view some of this stuff. So Josh, if, if a customer needs our support to maximize their energy saving, to maximize the use of those solutions in their sustainability plans, what can they do? So, so within Cisco, our professional services organization, CX, have fantastic engineers who are versed with dealing with power over Ethernet, providing the observability and, and visibility within, within our platforms to showcase exactly how much power is in use. Um, and, and also provide the best practices and foundation around how to build up a scalable, resilient architecture to ensure that the power reductions which are being achieved are not affecting critical services and are at the same time providing the best yield. So the, the CX, CX team, the CX professional services team can definitely support our customers along the way on that journey. Josh, thanks for sharing one of obviously many examples of innovative solutions that we can help our customers with to achieve their energy savings and building and executing upon their sustainability plans. Let's now talk about how Cisco's employees are acting and uh, running initiative for our environment. Taking care of our planet is really ingrained in Cisco's and CX EMEAR culture, and that results in many employee initiatives aimed at preserving the environment. This is also supported by our company. For instance, employees are allowed to spend this year 10 days on giving back activities through what we call time to give or through local employee initiatives, which we call green teams. For instance, myself, I'm contributing to those in the green teams as well as using some of my giving back days to support the environment. And employee-driven sustainability initiatives come in many forms, particularly one that I'm really impressed in is the Strong Roots Initiative. And we'll learn more about that one uh, through Sharon. Excited to share. So Strong Roots is a tree planting initiative that was started by the customer experience service provider team in Emir. The name is borrowed from the theme that we had adopted for this year as a team to represent how we want to work and grow and even play together. When you talk about net zero, it's about reducing what we put into the environment and increasing what we take out. So through this tree planting initiative, we're, we want to contribute to taking more carbon dioxide out of the environment. And it seems like a simple thing, which it actually is. We started by saying, you know, what, what can we do? How can we involve as many people as possible within the organization to make a contribution towards sustainability? And because we were going for impact, we then, you know, took it one step further and said, we need to challenge ourselves, not to just plant, you know, a few trees for show and for a camera. We want to to create meaningful impact. So we said, let's create a forest instead. That's the, how that initiative came about. Uh, quite impressive. Um, it looks like you're setting way broader targets than just environmental. So tell us a bit more, what are the targets that you and your team are really working on for this Strong Roots initiative? So as part of this initiative, we've partnered with an organization, a nonprofit organization called One Tree Planted. 
and they work by for every single tree, dollar that you donate they plant a tree and they were looking for funds to forest a 50 hectare area in a place called Kitui and Kitui is a semi-arid area in eastern Kenya and Kenya is where I'm from so again this just adds to the passion and the enthusiasm I have around this project so One Tree Planted um, will, is looking to raise $50,000, which equates to 50,000 trees. And in the context of the impact that it's going to have, this is very little. If I could talk about some of the benefits of this, this project, the, the, the way in which the organization works, it's a community-based approach. So they don't you know, um, just come and plant the trees themselves. They involve the community in, in training and in nurturing the trees up to maturity. So you have you know, social, economic, and environmental benefits as well. Some of the social economic benefits are like improving food security, economic empowerment. On the environmental side, you have uh, prote protecting biodiversity and mitigating the effects of climate change. And these are just some of the benefits. So when you're contributing, it's, it's important to just have you know, a view of, of the bigger picture. And that's the, so the, the target that we're moving towards, or the, the target that we're, we're, we're trying to achieve is the 50,000 trees, but broader impact across the community for their immediate needs and for the future. So for, for 50,000 trees, you kind of need $50,000 investment. Compared to the challenge you're trying to solve, it's, it's, it's actually small. But I understand it's, it's a lot of money for as a team to bring together. So what are you and your team doing to, to get actually this funding and bring the money together? We are leveraging on, on the power of networks and on, on being able to tell the story. Recently, we visited the site and we were privileged to interact with the community. And it's, it's so different when you're actually you know, on the ground and seeing what they're doing and, and what this, a project like this means to them. I mean, we were greeted with, with, with dancing and singing, and they said that they incorporate singing and dancing into their, when they're doing their everyday work, because that's the joy that it brings to them, which was really, you know, impactful to, to hear about. And the, because the project is an agroforestry project, they combine uh, the planting of trees with, with farming activities, and these two activities really complement each other. So in the short term, they're able to gain economically from selling fruits. And in the long term, they are encouraged to maintain the trees because these trees will prevent soil erosion and improve soil fertility. And, and therefore, they're incentivized you know, to continue to grow and nurture the trees as opposed to they would typically cut down those trees for, you know, for, for charcoal and firewood. So when we tell this story, we want to people to be able to, you know, to understand what they're doing beyond the dollar that they're, they're giving. And um, you mentioned you know, some of the, the, the privileges that we have as working here at Cisco. When we contribute um, through this, this particular platform and towards this fund, Cisco is actually able to match um, that contribution for, for Cisco employees. But that doesn't mean it's not open to, to other people outside of, of the Cisco organization. The platform can be um, accessed outside of Cisco and we're just encouraging people to contribute. And when you do contribute, tell other people about it and you know, spread the word for, because every single dollar counts towards the, the benefits that I have mentioned. So Sharon, I see you have a bigger public here. So give us the practicalities. How can they help you? How can they contribute to your initiative? So information, I think, is power. We, we all want to know that our, the money that we're contributing is, is actually going to do the work um, that it's intended to. So we, we onetreeplanted.org is one of the is a website for the partner who we are working with. You can go there and visit and see you know the work that they're doing. Brightfunds.org is the platform that we're using to 
to raise funds. And the, the fund itself is, is Strong Roots. If you just search Strong Roots within the, the platform, you'll be able to get, gain access to the fund itself. And there you'll see some of the benefits that I, I had mentioned and even many more. And I just also just want to you know make a call in, in, in closing that for me, this is, this is, I feel a personal responsibility to live a planet that my, for my children that is actually livable. You know, I could leave them an inheritance of a house, you know, but what, what does that house matter if it gets swept away by floods or burnt in a forest fire? It, it may sound a bit extreme, but that's the, the reality that we're living in today if we don't take action today. So even just a, a single tree and a single word, taking the word out there can, can make a difference between, you know, what our planet looks like today and what it will look like in the future. Thank you, Sharon. And I really, I really admire the passion which you put into this one. And I hope many people follow. And I'm looking forward actually to see photos from the forest uh, when it starts growing. So thanks a lot. I think sustainability that needs to be in the heart of everything what we do. Um, as a company, product and solutions design, supply chain, all needs to be built on circle economic principles. The way we operate our business within our ecosystem it's still all built on a sustainability model. And I think at Cisco, we have adopted that philosophy in our mission statement to power an inclusive future for all. So with this on, I would like to encourage all of us, not only on this Earth Day, but every day of every year to put sustainability in your business practices, your personal life, as one of the most important elements for the future of our planet. Sharon and Josh, I would like you, really thank you for joining today and your contribution. And to our audience, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Cisco CX EMR Unplugged.